Recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with Coach Renee Dreyfus and Matt Peters. Ring the bell and let's get it on. Thanks for joining us again. Another episode of the Martial Culture Podcast from Radical MMA in New York City. Renee and Matt here again. How you doing, Renee? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Uh, so we're going to get into another episode. We're going to talk about some fun stuff. We're going to talk about the fails and wins and interesting comings and goings of martial arts. We've uh, we've already been talking a little bit before we hit the record button about um, some chi masters and some... And not cheese. Not cheese masters, total respect. I, yeah, much respect for yes. cheese. Brie, Gouda... <laughs> I'm not, not really a blue cheese fan, though. No, not no, a big, no, not a big no, fan. No, no, but I'm not like a steak or a burger. You got a blue cheese? Mm, no, maybe with uh, hot wings. All right, all right, we okay. can take it. I think we're both hungry. Yeah, <laughs> and this 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 episode just went off the rails. We're going to talk about food and our favorite cheeses. Yes. No, but uh, yeah. So there's a lot of. Um, charlatans and scam artists in the world and maybe there's some people that really do have supernatural abilities to focus their chi i'm not going to judge everyone in the world but i'm going to judge you're going to judge All right. i'm going to judge i'm going to judge the judging. crap out of you <laughs> and your cheese i mean chi yeah <laughs> we're going to get some food in here yes so now chi. with the, the article that i want to talk about the most is this, this is big 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 news and huge in China. And I'm going to pepper this with a couple of anecdotes because okay. everybody wants to hear me talk and drone yeah. on. Oh, wait. No, they don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, but this is... I'm going to talk about a personal experience that I had when I was living in Japan and China and all I had to deal... You know, I know some of you guys know that I went to, um, to live in Asia for a long, long time. So, I, you know, I've, I've seen some of these people. I also traveled around. I went to Hong Kong. This was in 1992. And traveled a little bit of southern China and, and investigated some things there. So... Um, seen a bit mm-hmm. uh, and some things that just don't work but you know we can laugh at all these chi guys but I want to I'm going to take it to all you guys out from the karate world from the taekwondo world from the kung fu world from the muay thai world from the MMA world from the Kali world you know we can get on our high horse and laugh at these people but we have to understand that we can be there too and to not not be living our assumptions somewhat but anyway the big news there is an MMA fighter in China. Actually, he's not an MMA fighter. He's a self-trained MMA guy. And I, I hope I don't pronounce his wrong name wrong. It's Zhu Zhaodong. Uh, he uh, is self-taught. by He taught mostly by watching stuff on YouTube. And his mission, he said, was to expose fraud in the martial arts in China. And so he, there was, he talked online, and, and then there was a Tai Chi master who said, you're disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. let's meet at noon. <laughs> and uh, um, they did. They met. And we, Matt and I, just watched it. Uh, they had a very, very ornate bowing in ceremony. Bah, 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 bow, respect. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And how long did the fight last? About seven seconds? Yeah, much shorter yeah. than the opening bows. Right, right. And uh, he, the, uh, uh, Zhu, Zhu Zhaodong, uh, we'll just call him Mr. Zhu, um, uh, uh, confronted Wei, Wei Lai, Wei, Wei Lei, and he's a Tai Chi expert and a Tai Chi person. I don't think he was a charlatan in the sense that he, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't stand there if you didn't think it wouldn't work because you're like, oh, this doesn't work, but I'm going to pretend it does and trick people. 
That, that's a charlatan. That's a, that's a trickster. I believe that these people really do think what they do works. They think what they do works. Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna, you're not going to let it be recorded and put on YouTube and a fight and agree to a, all this money if you don't think you can actually have a chance, right? I mean, doesn't that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be mentally unstable to stand and get punched if you right. don't I mean, think you'd be able to defend yourself. Exactly, right, right. So there's so many examples of this, of guys that, and it's not just this guy. I mean, he, he just, he, the minute the guy, the guy does a blitz, he punches him in the face, one, two, one, two, one, two, takes him down, gets a, a, like a technical mount and just pounds him and then the ref has to stop it. It's, it's just a joke. The Tai Chi master has absolutely no... No defensive technique whatsoever, no offensive technique, nothing. No footwork, no angling, no blocking, no parrying, nothing. Zero. Which anybody who studies MMA can predict. And this is not to denigrate Tai Chi. My mom does Tai Chi, uh, or used to. She's a little lazy. (laughs) Anyway, but, you know, Tai Chi is a great form of expression and, and body control and all that. You don't hear about it much in... In fighting circles. And, you know, although the characters of Tai Chi mean... Grand ultimate fist. They don't mean grand ultimate granny martial art. You know, <laughs> they, you know they know that they mean grand ultimate fist. So there ha- there's some concept of fighting behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what happened? Was it ever real? Who knows? You know, and that's that's kind of what I want to talk about today. But then then there's another one where you see uh, the that's uh, this other one where it's uh, here, you know, this one here where the guy's sitting and, okay, so it's, everybody, if you Google it, it's Chi Energy Punch Blocking Fail. And, um, this is a very popular one. I'm yes, sure I love this one. This sitting, guy. Two guys sitting in front of each other on a, like a grassy and, field. Yeah, let me tell you, when you're a kind of a fake martial artist, one of these like, you know, like uh, spiritual martial arts, you have to have either like, you know, kind of like 60s, hippie, you know, <laughs> hair or a mullet. It's like one or the other. You have to have that like, that like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 60s or 70s guru hair or a mullet. So this it's guy, the other. he is yeah. fully committed to his belief system that he can block a punch using his energy of the chi and unlocking yeah. chakras. And yeah. he's, he's committed. And right. He fails miserably. <laughs> it's funny because also he's, he's with, obviously he's a, I, I, I hope I'm not, wrong, but it looks like he's a uh, uh, Russian, you know, former Soviet Republic guy sitting down, and he's like, uh, they're just sitting down, so the, the Russian guy, who I believe is, looks, seems Russian, mm-hmm. um, hopefully that's not offensive, but, you know, no, it is Russia, this is, it's from Russia, so yes, okay, I just read it. So, the Russian guy's sitting down, and the Chi master slaps him across the face, and the guy's like, oh, this is the game we're playing, mm-hmm. you mean, your Chi is to slap me. <laughs> Therefore, I will punch the crap out of you. So they go once, and the chi guy slaps him. And the guy gets the knee, and then he just starts beating the snot out of him. Punch, uppercut, oh, boom. And he's still. <laughs> and he's like, wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, let's try it one reset, more time. Yeah. Reset. Oh, I have to do my neck stretch because align my align my 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 chakras. Ooh. And I move my fingers in some odd way. My energy <laughs> is coursing. Oh, bam, bam. One, two, boom, three, four. Ah, oh, ow. Oh, that hurt. What happened? I don't know. You got to go meditate for another hour. Yeah. And come oh, back. I'm going to give you the salute of respect. That's, I think that might be the most popular yes. example of a, a chi fail. Yeah. And um, 
So then there's the no, but the, the really funny one that I love this one is, and this is this comes back to my experience in Japan. You everybody, if you're Googling it, go Kiai Master versus MMA. And this is there's one that happened, and this is about uh, 10 years ago. And this uh, guy who is, you know, um, throwing people across the room. And this is, you can see this, look at Matt, look, this is his academy. Look what happens. He's throwing people across the room with energy. <laughs> energy. Now, what this is, is a cult. Now, oh, really? Yes. No, I mean, not a cult like in religious sense, but yeah. it's the same thing. It's basically he's convinced these people to, to do his bidding. So these people are, are his students. They're, are they in on this thing, or no, do they no. actually believe that they he believe has the this? Ability? They believe this. Guy, this person is doing it. It's sort of like you know the religious people who speak in tongues. They're, they're like, yeah, Benny Hens and those kind of people right, that, right, exactly. that knock you down. Right, right, right. I mean, they're so um, psychologically manipulated that... They they um, they they follow his his um, gestures and yeah. believe that they're being manipulated because this is this is um, this is very interesting. I was talking about this to, with a friend of mine, uh, Doctor Doctor Ehud Sarlin, who's a wonderful physician, and uh, he uh, researches these kind of like um. These, 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 these times in our lives where we feel um, psychological discomfort. So, and that's, that's when we can be most manipulated. And he does, he was talking about how, how the ER is structured now these days to avoid these things. So there's social hierarchies or social prepper, pressures to conform. And those social hierarchies override our rationality so that the doctors miss certain things. And it's a big thing in medicine, right? And it was also, there's a whole inc- uh, research on this, on, on, um, on uh, flight, flight plans. You know that Korean airline that crashed, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like 20 years, 15 years ago. So what happened was the co-pilot was supposed to check the pilot. But, you know, um, in Asian cultures, the, the deference to the more senior person is very strong, which is you know, not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But it gets so strong that you get into these social pressures of, of discomfort. You're like, wait, I cannot contradict these social learning, these social social uh, mores, even at the cost of me dying. Now, of course, I don't think the co-pilot believed he was going to die, but mm-hmm. he, di- he knew the navigation was off in, this, in this, um, uh, you know, this crash, and he's trying to kind of communicate in a polite way to the head pilot that he's incorrect, but is so having to dance around the issue that they wind up crashing. And this is not one isolated incident, and it's certainly not isolated to Asian cultures either. Um, they, they have the FAA and, and the international the, or, or, um, uh, uh, organizations that guide, you know, um, govern um, uh, airlines have, have seen this as a, as, a, as a real problem that the senior guy, or if it's a guy and it's a, it's a female, you know, obviously the guy mansplains to the female or something like that. You know, you know, like, like we deal with these social pressures. And what happens is Kiai Master has manipulated social pressures or the hierarchy that is prevalent, very, very prevalent in Asia to his advantage in manipulating students to believe that it works. But I think he also believes it. Yeah. I think he has been manipulated too because um, uh, people... Um, in, in Japan and in, in Korea, very rough, what I've experienced, I'm just talking personal anecdote, you know, believe very strongly in traditional Chinese medicine and things like that, which has to talk, they do talk about chi and, 
you know, all that kind of flow of meridians and things like that. And that's very closely related to that application of martial arts. So I'm not here to, to discount acupuncture or anything like that, um, but I'm saying uh, the way it is approached in martial arts is fraudulent. It mm -hmm. does not work. There's nothing work even remotely effective here. Uh, and I, I think that the dim mock that, you know, we were, you were kind of talking about before, like, what's the origin of this, this myth? Right. You know, the, the, the death touch. Where, where does this come from? But well, anyway, that's real, right? I mean, don't, don't uh, ruin actually, Batman actually, for me. No, it is real. <laughs> it's real. Okay. It is real. I'm going to explain. Yes. So, okay, uh, some of you guys might not know, but I uh, graduated Columbia University, and I did a lot of research into uh, Japanese warfare. And, and um, there's a great book uh, which does... Um, medical records off of uh, ancient battlefields in Asia. So what they did is they collected skeletons and uh, researched what was the average height, what was the average, you know, how did most people get killed in, 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 uh, in these um, battles and how, how did it happen, things like that, right? So there's a lot of anatomical understanding of what your average Japanese person was in the 16th century. Mm -hmm. And they were about 5'3 and 145 pounds biggest mm -hmm. five three you know you're talking about a, a country japan didn't have a lot of red meat <laughs> no i mean it, they didn't yeah. have cows you know so so uh their protein was limited and also you're talking about a society that experienced civil war for 300 years and civil war is one of the most uh, atrocious uh, or i should say pernicious um ways to destroy a society because you have famine and 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 one of one aspect of war is denying foodstuffs to other people mm -hmm. and you also have non-modern medical care so you have people with um i don't know you know um worms or something like that you know these, these kind of diseases that we've maybe eradicated in the modern world mm -hmm. so the average health of a 16th century uh, you know male or even a 16th century you know uh, european male or something but 16th century uh um, a Japanese male was probably not that great. You know, they probably were suffering from worms or dysentery from polluted water, and then they didn't have a lot of protein. They weren't so big. So guess what? If I punch you really, really hard, and you know nothing about stopping internal bleeding, guess what? I could kill you. Mm -hmm. And I punch you, you develop some internal damage, and you internal bleed, and I don't know how to stop that, and you know, you die. Okay. That's not so far-fetched, right? Yeah. Now, what that does is that evolves into something fanciful because there's a belief in that system and blah, blah, blah. Legends you know, and Legends, myths right? And everything, you know, everything gets more and more and more. Tell the story around no, campfire. You know, you know, it's funny. This happened to me. You know, this happened to me personally. Somebody was describing one of my fights, one of my personal fights, right, that I was in, mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> and the guy, you know, the hyperbole around it. I mean, I, I appreciate that. But the guy's like, and it was this and this and this was so amazing. He did this and this and and none of that was like. I'm like, that's not how it happened. I mean, that's great. I love this hyperbolic tale of of you know martial prowess, but that was not me. I was not that good. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, oh, it's so awesome, and and that was me. And it was like the you know one guy telling another guy telling. Another, and I heard the story, and they said, yeah, and you did this and this. I'm like, no, I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And that's just you know two or three degrees of separation. Imagine a couple hundred years of people expanding yeah. on stories and embellishing legends because let me tell you, it's more fun to believe in a world where magic exists. It is. It's more fun. 100%. It's, it's like, I man, want I, the I death wish. Touch, yeah. I know. I wish the death <laughs> touch. I wish I could be like, you know, Doctor Strange and, you know, or, 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 or the man, you know, you know um, or, or whatever, you know, like uh, the, 
that 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 movie, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Sure. You know where we could we could we could run on treetops and you know fight on rooftops and you know whatever be superhuman. Yeah. That we is, all want to have that dream. We all want to be superheroes. Yeah. We want that. We want that magic. We 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 love. You know what do people love to read or watch? And, you know the most popular movies are superheroes. And fantasy uh, literature, you know, like Tolkien mm-hmm. and all that, it's huge. You look at it, Barnes Noble, that's enormous. We love this tales of, uh, of uh, craziness. And then also look at the TV, we love um, Paranormal Witness. And we love that stuff. Yeah. It's entertaining and it makes us feel like there's more to the world, more, more glamour, more mysteriousness, more, more interestingness. And that's a better, that's a, that's a funner world to live in. Sure. The world that we live in, is reality sucks. sucks. It's, no, it doesn't suck. It's awesome. But, but the, the yeah. death touch does exist. All you have to do is find somebody who's really weak and punch them really hard in the chest. And give them no adequate medical yeah. care. Don't treat them. Just yeah. let well, them Well, that's sit. how Harry Houdini supposedly died. Was it? Yeah. You know, so Harry Houdini had this thing that he could take a punch from anyone. Uh-huh. And he, um, so he took hundreds and hundreds of punches. But one day, as, and of course he was getting older, he uh, uh, took a punch and um, then he did, like, did a show and they found out that he had like like a, some serious internal, internal breathing, breathing and yeah. he died. You know, so uh, hey, there you go. You yeah. know, a punch is like punching people is, is dangerous, and and uh, particularly you know there's I don't believe in you know pressure points and things like that, but mm-hmm. there are areas of the body that are much weaker than other areas. Sure. You know, if you punch someone in the jaw, the temple, the back of the neck, you know that's going to damage them very severely. You punch someone right in the Apple in the throat, that's going to be a terrible place to get hit, mm-hmm. and you're going to get hurt. So, um, um, so anyways, yeah, let's watch this one. Have you seen this one yet? This one? This one where he goes? Mm-hmm. So this is hilarious. So, so this is the Kiai Master versus MMA. Now we're going to actually watch the fight. So here. Now, I'm going to narrate this because it's. I love this fight. I love this fight because this is, to me, what MMA is, you know? I, I kind of grew up in the dark ages of MMA, you know, of martial arts where, you know, you kind of believed that this stuff worked. And let me tell you, when I was 10 years old, I believed too. You know, I wanted, I wanted to cheat. Yeah, I practiced fire, uh, Dragon Balls, too. I did. Well, and that was not bad, but I, I did, I did uh, you know, I was in the Aiki Jiu-Jitsu world a little bit. And, Do some uh, Kamehameha's over here. Kamehameha. <laughs> you mean Kamehameha. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've never actually watched Dragon Ball. I, I, was, I was too old when it came out, but, uh, but I have a lot of students or friends. But, again, so they shake hands. They come out, and the, 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 the key expert, key expert is, like, ready to go. He's like, I'm ready for this. It's $5,000. I'm going to get my $5,000. And the guy's fighting is a very, very low level. Uh, he's originally background is a knockdown karate guy, but he's fighting. He's has fought a little bit in Pancras, I believe, because he's wearing a Pancras shirt. And uh, Pancras is a, a martial arts organization in Japan. And but he's like really low level. He has no professional official record. So the Kiai guy comes in with these weird swipes, and the karate guy is like, "Hmm, what's going on here?" And then he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna fight back." Ready? Bam! And he hits him. And immediately the Kiai guy sits on, falls on his butt and goes, what the hell happened? Look at that man. He's holding his mouth. <laughs> Literally. And look, 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 holding yeah. his mouth. And he's like, what the hell happened? And instantly the Kiai guy goes, uh, are you okay? <laughs> he's like, are you, you know, he's like, this is an old dude. It's like my granddad. Wait, I don't want to punch my granddad in the face. And the guy's holding his chin back. See it, right? He's like, ow, hmm. that that's what it feels like to be punched. Yeah. Oh my God. This is the first time you ever felt that. He's like, look, look at that. Look at it. Shock. It is absolute shock. Reality literally hitting this guy in the face. And then boom. He's like, okay, crying guy's like, well, okay, this is $5,000. So we're not playing around anymore. <laughs> now I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Excuse my language. Boom. They start again. And he's like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And 
Bo, 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 Bo. Takes him down, pulls the geek, kicks him in the face, kicks him in the face again, karate chops him, mm-hmm. and then they pull the old guy out of it. And he's spending his $5,000 as he walks away. Yeah. <laughs> and so what this is, you see a person who is living in a land of delusion, complete land of delusion, and um, suddenly had to realize that delusion is, is, uh, is nothing. And you know, that, that we have a, 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 a thing we say here in Radical. It's like truth in combat. So you can think something works all the time, but what you have to do is test it out under pressure. Mm-hmm. Live rules. And this, MMA changed everything. And, you know, I want to talk to you, to all those karate guys out there, all those taekwondo guys, all those, you know, Aikido or Aikijutsu guys. And, you know, total respect for what you guys do, you know, hard training. But I'll tell you guys, you know, when you put too many rules into a system of fighting, like we were talking about the last time, you get protected. You get protected, and then you start not understanding what your vulnerabilities are. And you start living in delusion land. Now, of course, Taekwondo, there is a level of fighting there. There is a level. And so you get seduced by that sense of reality. And the same thing, guys, don't think I'm not talking down. I'm just talking down to Taekwondo, but I'm not. You look at sports you did today. You're seduced by what you feel is reality because it feels real because you're really fighting. Mm. So it's not like these Tai Chi guys that never, ever fight. You are fighting, but you're fighting under such protected circumstances that what you do is not real yeah. in terms of reality, right? And um, so to be real for MMA, obviously, you have to train under MMA rules. To be real for self-defense, you have to train in self-defense parameters, which means unarmed uh, and also, uh, I would say the biggest difference between self-defense and MMA is not the biting or the guy gouging or the weapons. or things. It's like you don't know when the fight starts. There's a huge advantage to saying, shaking hands, okay, let's get it on, big John McCarthy, go. You know exactly where your opponent is, you know who he is, you know when the fight starts, let's go. That is a huge difference. The guy comes behind you, sucker punches you, wind on the ground, okay, now the fight's on. Yeah. It was on five minutes before you realized it, okay, or, um, or they stalk you, you know, to mug you, and they've been following yeah. you for five, ten was minutes. It, was it the Green Hornet? Did you ever watch that show? I've never watched Green Hornet. The, the, not the Seth Rogen one. You mean no, the, the, the old one. one. Yeah, no, um, I've never seen and it. And I think the, the, the main guy was the Green Hornet, right? Yeah. And then the, uh, the other guy, I can't Kato. remember. Kato. Right, Green was the, uh, Bruce Lee. Right. The Green Hornet would, uh, would have Kato just attack him randomly mm-hmm. to keep him sharp. Oh, right, like Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so there was, he'd, he'd like, don't tell me when you're going to do it. Just, you know, randomly, middle of the night, come in my house and it, attack me. Exactly. So uh, you got to be ready. You have to be ready. And uh, what I like to do um, is uh, with some of my students. You is, attack them in the middle of the night. Oh, no, my no, gosh, no. Renee. I, you know, I show up. I jump in through the window. <laughs> I, and I hide under their bed. And I go, ha no, that's not what I do. Um, Come join Radical MMA. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, but, you know, I have one student uh, who's my, my, my champ and my assistant instructor. He's, he's like a little brother to me. He's an amazing guy. Uh, his name's Chad. And Chad is a Brahmalt under me. And um, uh, a lot of times now, now we're, you know, he's segueing away from fighting. He's in grad school. So, uh, but to, he's focused on the, the, the wider martial art. And a lot of times what I'll do, he'll be sparring, jiu-jitsu or whatever, and I'll walk up to his a partner, and I'll secretly pass him a uh, knife, but not a not a blade, sure. blade. But um, but I'll, and then you know, Chad always knows if you get stabbed, it's a hundred push-ups. So <laughs> he doesn't even know when it's coming. Or you know, I'll boot in a position where uh, I'll throw the knife on the floor, and Chad won't be able to see it, 
and the other guy grabs it and tries to stab him. And right out of the blue, you know, or I'll come behind him and I'll attack him as well. Hmm. And he has to defend the two of us. Or you know, a lot of times, uh, it won't be a fake knife, but we use a taser knife here um, where it's electrified. It's a fake knife, but it's electrified. Sure. So, so you get a taser shock when you do it. So it, it's really like you don't want to get hit. Um, so those are the ways we train in, in, that, in that modality. And also, uh, I had one training. I haven't done this too many students yet because not all of them are ready, but... What I used to do with one of my instructors is he'd put my head on a uh, baseball bat. You know, like you put the baseball bat on the floor and you put your head on the, on the handle. Mm-hmm. And he'd spin me around like 10 or 12 times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys have ever done that. You can't see the world at all. We've done it at company retreats all the time. <laughs> you do the running <laughs> back and forth and right. relays. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Except then somebody attacks you. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. much different. And, yeah, totally. And, and really, like, for real tries to hurt you. But in that situation, wow. it's so hard, they would make the contact to the headlight. You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, but he'd attack you while you're, you know, you do 10 or 20 rotations, you're completely dizzy, and you have no idea of reality what's going on. Wow. That's a great way to simulate. Great uh, outside-of-the-box thinking. Uh, yeah, it's terrible, because I, I probably did that a few times with my instructor, and I, I think almost every time I vomited. Oh, yeah, wow. it's, so, it's so intense, because it's not, it's not you, you spin around, and then you start fighting, and then yeah. you, the, the tension of the moment, the dizziness, you just, once it's done, you go to the bucket, you go, you know, but it's real. It's like, it doesn't get more real than that. Sure. You know, and um, it sucks. But sometimes, you know, living in that, what my friend Andres used to call it, the world of suck is what really makes you prepared. Mm-hmm. And um, we're too comfortable with our, with our boxes, you know, with our rule sets. And you can't call yourself a fighter. You can't call yourself real if you don't step out. And we can laugh at these Kiai guys and whatever, but we're kind of sometimes, even in the real martial art community, we're stuck in our boxes. Even the MMA guys, you know, MMA guys, I, a, lot, a lot of MMA guys who never, ever, ever, ever train weapon defense. And I know a story of an MMA guy who was, who was assaulted with a knife and, and uh, um, you know, uh, uh, didn't make it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Then again, you have Guy Metzger who, who, uh, who was assaulted with a weapon and uh, beat the snot out of the guy too. So, you know, I'm not saying MMA doesn't work. I firmly believe in the... the the, the, the efficiencies of MMA training are applicable to real life. The only thing is you have to change, you have to make sure that you're ready to adapt to that scenario, to the two-on-one, to the one-on-one. You cannot, uh, uh, you have to have what's called diverse or, or uh, uh, awareness. You know, uh, uh, you, you, in, in a one-on-one fight, you are focused on your opponent. You're not focused on anything else. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about the guys in, you know, Dana White. You don't have to worry about that kid. But you have to, in a real street fight, have diffuse awareness where you're focused on the guy you're fighting, the environment, mm-hmm. his buddies, yeah. if he has a knife, uh, what's going on around you, and you have to have a diver- diffuse focus. And that's very different. So you, you, if you're too wedded, even in MMA, too wedded to that paradigm, you, and you don't step out of it every now and again. You can adapt. Mm-hmm. And like we always say, you do what you do. You have to step out of your box, whether you're, you know, um, uh, MMA guy or jiu-jitsu guy or Muay Thai guy or even we're going down the line of boxing, Taekwondo. You have to step out of your box and figure out what, what is really works and what doesn't work in a real context if that's what you're interested in. I have a friend, and he trained with me for a very short time, and he said, Renee... I am not interested in combat-oriented jiu-jitsu. I'm not interested in MMA. I love sports jiu-jitsu. I don't care about fighting. And I said, 
you should not train this dude. <laughs> you would be much better served at doing this at the academy down the street, and I recommend him another academy, and he's happy as a clam there. That's good. And he's, you know, you should yeah. follow your bliss, but then don't tell me you're ready for, you know, a self-defense altercation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that, that's the thing. If you're doing, you know, cardio kickboxing, if I love kickboxing, which is, you know, a great exercise, that's great, but don't sell me that it actually has any combat relevance. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, that, that really doesn't have any combat relevance. So yeah. having a history in, in uh, martial arts and, and uh, combat history, mm. when you get on a train, do you immediately size up the train? You know, my wife, you know, my wife My wife. thought, you know, this is funny because this is a, kind of almost a marital problem because my wife thought I was always checking out the other girls on the train. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always aware of my environment. I'm yeah. not paranoid. I know why. I don't, I don't believe there's in nothing like, wrong with that. Yeah, you yeah. Be I, don't, aware. I don't believe in like, you know, there's some combative martial arts that, or, you know, are like, you know, anybody can come at you at any second, you know, you gotta be, you know, no, I'm not <laughs> like that. I'm chill, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm chill. I just am always aware mm-hmm. of what's going on around me. Always, always mm-hmm. aware. And uh, my wife, she gets mad at me though, you know, or she's, now she trains, so she's cool. She understands me a little better now that she trains and uh, very proud of her and her achievements in, in martial arts so far. But, um, you know, when she didn't train, she, she thought I was, like, from Bizarro Land. And, um, you know, she really, really thought I was checking out other girls. <laughs> what did you think when you were checking out the guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But, no, she just sees me looking around. You just doesn't know yeah, exactly doesn't what I'm looking at. Because my eyes kind of flit around. And mm-hmm. she's talking to me. She's like, why aren't you looking at me? I'm, I'm trying sorry. to protect you in yeah, case something exactly. goes down. No, you know, and exactly. This is, this is one time. So there was a guy on the train. And he, you know, he's absolutely... Absolutely no question was on bath salts. Mm-hmm. You know, bath salts are like, you know, that that is like crazy. Now, if you investigate it, they people who uh, take them, they go into a very primal state. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, it was like about six years ago. Something they like tried that, to eat somebody else's yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fatal. It's face salts, right? Yeah. And that happened in Florida, and it was another incident in New Jersey, too. And so it becomes this extremely primal state. They're very dangerous. And you have to, if you have to understand what the... What the, the the symptoms of their overdose or whatever they're 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 not overdose but you know that being on that uh, that kind of drug is and a good thing I, I was aware of that I'm like oh this person's on basalt they're about you know you know the, the subway has like three seating areas you know one one on one right side one in the middle one on the left side you know they're usually divided into three we were they were in the middle the big middle bill seat and they were towards the end of the, the where the doors are you know in a train in mm-hmm. a subway and I'm just watching them. And I'm just looking at my wife is, you know, talking on to me. This is not to make my wife, you know, sound like she's unaware. Now she's a martial artist too. She's, she's, this is different. This is mm-hmm. a little early in our relationship. And she's talking, talking. And I was, I was immediately, I'm like, this, this, there, this guy's getting close. He gets up, he's getting closer. I always wear a um, messenger pack because my nylon messenger pack is actually, uh, you can't stab through it. Uh, it's a type of material you can't stab through. Mm-hmm. So I pull it on into the front because you never know, and I'm kind of stretching out my knuckles, and I'm like, this might go down, and then, you know, the person gets closer and closer, and, you know, my wife doesn't even know what's going on, but I put my arm around her, a little bit, credit close, and I'm like, ready to go, and that guy, then the door's open, the guy walks off, and yeah. actually walks, funny enough, he walks off, off the train, and he, he doesn't see a bench, and he steps right into the bench and slams his head right against a column. In the, like, but wow. and then and it's funny he's bleeding. He doesn't even feel it. Right. And I just watch him walk off the. And he's just like and he's screaming at people that he got off. He what's that happening? He starts screaming. But the door's closed and he goes away. And but it's it's like a situation where 
you have to be aware, especially in New York City. New York City is not, you know, uh, it's still safe. It's still really safe, but it's, there, there are times where you're, you're, you know, you have to watch your back. And I recommend everybody download the Citizen app on their phone, which keeps track I of... I don't have that. What is that? Yeah, it keeps track of, like, crimes in your area. And if anything happens within the, um, within, you know, like, 200 feet of where you are, uh, it'll alert you right away. It comes alert on your phone. Mm-hmm. So we actually, just last night, my wife was on it and was like, oh, there's a, um, an assault on, uh, we live on 75th Street. There's like an assault on 73rd and, and you know, and, and 2nd or something. They're very close where we live. There's an assault. I'm like, well, that's a good thing we knew that. If we, were, we were around that area, I, I, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it was assault with, uh, with a firearm or something, you know? Uh, um, it was came up on the police. It's all, everything that comes on the police uh, yeah. bans. So uh, it's just good. You don't again. Don't be paranoid, but be aware. Be yeah. aware. And, uh, and I don't know if I can download that app because in my neighborhood it'll be going off all the time. I don't so know. I might just. Like, I don't want to know what's going on. Yeah, you know, you know. I disagree with them. Matt. You, you don't want to know, but you. It's like it's like going to the doctor. You know, I know a lot of people. They don't go to the doctor. Go, I don't want to know. Oh yeah. Yeah, you you should. You have to know. Oh, you God. have to know, yeah. and you just to make sure it turns off. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but you, you know, especially when it's like you know, it, this would have happened about uh, it was a few months ago. There was a fire right next door to us. Like right next door, we never would have known. Oh my but God. it was it was, and our buildings are touching. You know, they're not there's sure. no space. So there's, you know, it's basically like you know, New York tenement type place. You know, that all the the buildings just touch. And we're, you know, we're um, number seven, and this was number five on the street. And uh, and so it's literally their door is less than six feet away, not even no four feet away from our door. Mm-hmm. And there was a fire, and we're like, whoa. And then we heard the engines come and everything was okay. But it was good to know beforehand. It was good to know beforehand. Tell your wall getting hot? No, no, no but they, it was actually, we we're on the ground floor, so they were on like the, oh. you know, third floor, fourth floor. So right. it wasn't, right, that's why we didn't notice it at all. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, it could have been, sure. been more dangerous. That's good. So, um, so you know, my point is, uh, you know, we like to live in fantasy land. So sometimes people... Uh, Martial arts were not as tested as they used to be, and it was they not as tested um, uh, uh, in the his history of martial arts. Uh, we see a lot of chicanery or or just ignorance of what works and what doesn't. And then you know in the MMA revolution, we like to say, "Oh, MMA works," but we as martial arts, we have to step out of that box. And yes, we can laugh at these ki guys, but sometimes we're stuck in. And I said on my last podcast, I talked about how I was kind of stuck in the sports jiu-jitsu element, and then I didn't realize that what I was doing was not uh, applicable for MMA. Mm -hmm. I recommend every martial artist kind of train in a no-rules format, and you'll see what works and what doesn't, and and how effective you are. And uh, which, Which brings me back to one of the great reasons why MMA has evolved is because of protective gear. Now, you're allowed to spar full contact, you can spar full contact, or you can spar in, in a jiu-jitsu element where we simulate strikes, but you can spar full contact in Muay Thai because you wear Muay Thai pads and headgear and things like that. Although, obviously, headgear is limited in its effectiveness of protecting, but you wear a lot of protective gear. You mm-hmm. can go harder and, and really see what works. Um, but yeah, so uh, at some level, we're all kind of like deluding ourselves, you know? <laughs> Unless... Unless we test, 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 and have a scientific approach, never, ever, ever sit on your laurels and assume everything you know is correct. I constantly pressure test what I know, 
and refine it. And my, 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 sometimes I drive my students nuts because they're like, I teach a technique, and then you know, six months later, no, no, we're doing it this way now. This way is better. Uh -huh. This is the best way. This is the most evolved way, the most efficient way. And they're like, but we used to do it this way before, but this is better. This is going to be better. All those vulnerabilities that we had, we discovered, they're not as vulnerable anymore. We've evolved. Right. And um, to me, that's what's, what's wonderful. And I think we're going to explore that on another podcast, but the evolution of martial arts. And I will say that some people might find what I'm going to say very, very controversial, but I hope you guys stay tuned and listen to my concepts of the origins of martial arts. And, and that'll go into why, not just Kiai Masters, but why you don't see certain brands of Kung Fu in, in, in the UFC, which you really don't see. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't see most karate. I mean, there's Machida and a few others, uh, Tommy Thompson, but those guys are a little different. Um, but why you don't see a lot of karate in the UFC, or traditional karate, traditional, very, very traditional karate, you don't see so much in the UFC. Um, or you don't see so many Taekwondo practitioners until they cross-train into Muay Thai or other modalities, straight Taekwondo you don't see. Um, they have to cross-train like Yaya Rodriguez or the Pettis brothers. They start training in more Muay Thai formats. But I'm going to explain uh, a whole history of what I see as the evolution of arts and uh, starting with uh, the ancient origins. Guys, I, I do have a master's degree in history, and, and my focus was Japanese military history. A lot of what I did was research on fantasy, um, and I speak Japanese, and I can read Japanese, so I've actually read a lot of the original source material uh, unlike other people who don't have that access. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's something I'd like to address further, how martial arts came to be where they are yeah. and uh, why some stuff works and why some stuff doesn't. It's not just the Tai Chi stuff that doesn't, or the key stuff that doesn't work. You know, and I think it's an interesting topic, so I, I hope everybody will stay tuned for that. Yeah, episode. good teaser. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about that kind of stuff too. Uh, yeah. uh, I think we've, we've realized that uh, no matter how long you meditate and, and channel your chi and get your chakras aligned, you probably won't shoot a fireball. No. And you probably won't be able to knock down somebody with your mind. Right? I mean... Not uh -oh. unless you're Professor X. Not unless you're Professor X. Right. <laughs> not, not until you get to that level where you've reached Professor X level. Yeah. You will not be able to impact someone yeah. with just your chi or chi. Yeah, what is it? Chi or chi? Uh, chi is Chinese, Ki oh, is Japanese. So go. it's the same word, but they just different positions. Because the character systems of Asia, or I should say Far Eastern Asia, China, uh, the character systems are used in different, uh, either Chinese dialects or in Japanese, which is a different language. They use the same character, but for each dialect or language, it's pronounced differently. Hmm. So um, the Japanese use Chinese characters. They've uh, changed them somewhat. They call them kanji. Chinese uses, uh, mainland China uses uh, uh, simplified characters, but they use the characters. Taiwan uses the more old school characters. And even within dialects, each, each one will have a slightly different pronunciation. Boy. Yeah. So confusing. Yeah. And, and Korea, Korea has their own alphabet, but for um, headline newspapers, they use Chinese characters a little bit, a little bit too. Huh. And they pronounce things differently. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, that's... Vocabulary uh, <laughs> <Okay>, lesson. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, now gotta... you will be all be quizzed on that. <laughs> <laughs> Look for the quiz. <laughs> all right. So um, we learned about chi masters, key masters, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, and how demark. they... Demark. Yes. yes. It, it, don't practice it at home, please. Or at least don't attribute it to us, uh, encouraging you to do that. Um, MMA fighters versus uh, some kind of uh, weird underground practitioners of sit-down slap boxing right. <laughs> and okay. trying to tend to push people away with your uh, and, force and pushes. Yeah, and like I said, we can laugh at them, 
but we have to see that we can be trapped in that same delusional place we, as yeah, well. We, it may be. You cannot, you have to get let go of your martial delusions. The only way to do that is truth in combat. Mm-hmm. And means take the rules away and see what you know. Yeah. Get step out of your comfort zone. That's to all of my martial brothers of whatever style. Step out of your comfort zone, take the rules away, see what works, add different things in, and try and apply in different scenarios and evolve and change and accept that data. If it doesn't work, change it. Mm-hmm. You know? Beautiful. I love it. That's a great way to end the show. Truth in combat. Test yourself, guys, against other people. We'll see you next week on the Martial Culture Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Marshall underscore culture and on Instagram at Marshall Culture Cast. Please leave a review on iTunes and we'll see you next time on the Marshall Culture Podcast.